Hello and welcome to Next Time Supply Chain Podcast Series. I'm Karthik Nagarajan, and through this series, we provide insights on managing the supply chain in the healthcare industry by leveraging digital transformation technology. Our previous episode covered the role of purchasing in the supply chain. Just to reiterate the key learning that we draw from our last episode, we talked about two major things. The first one is one needs to look beyond cost and quickly adapt to the new situation. The second one was risk management and resilience have become a driving force in taking a lot of decisions. With that, this episode, we are trying to cover supply chain at an organization as big as uh, Theramo and innovation in the post-COVID world continues to be the key agenda of Theramo. We are very fortunate to be engaging with Prabir Das, Regional CEO and Chairman, APAC Theramo Asia Holdings to discuss digitalization supply chain. As a board member of APAC Med, founding board member of MTI and a former member of leadership at Picky and NatHealth, Probeer carries overall three decades of commercial experience. Out of those 20 years, focus on mission-critical medtech leadership across Asia and 10 years of teaching experience with BD University and Teremo India Leadership Council that involves leadership development, coaching, mentoring, performance management and selecting the best. I would welcome Probeer. Uh, Probir, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me join you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Probir. Uh, so, we'll just ask you a series of questions, Probir. Uh, you know, get your thoughts across to our audience and, and uh, you know, try to learn from experience. Probir, we'll start with the first one, uh, which is post-pandemic, companies have accelerated digital adoption in the supply chain. It's what we hear. What areas does Thermo prioritize for digital? space in the supply chain domain? Uh, pandemic has no doubt accentuated the need for a very dynamic and agile supply chain. Uh, at Teramo, we have had to really uh, completely and very quickly pivot our entire portfolio to cater to alternate realities of demand. Uh, to aid this, we have integrated demand planning with and strengthening this advancement of SNOP through visual dashboarding uh, down to sales rep level uh, through Power BI tools, etc. Our discipline of engagement has no doubt helped, but uh, quite frankly, digitizing or at least visualizing it and making it available uh, on time uh, at need uh, made this possible. Uh, also, we have proved how far simple digital solutions can stretch. I mean, okay. oftentimes you're talking about very complex solutions, but we, we've really got into very, very simple digital solutions. But it is working for us. Okay. And uh, when we look upon the aspects, let's say in terms of the demand planning, right? The artificial intelligence in the space of demand planning, appropriate. are we ready for that step change, especially in emerging economies where We've heard the demand patterns are very challenging to predict. What's your take on that? I mean, frankly, we are yet to harness the power of AI, so to say. And I don't know many uh, who are already at it, at least in our industry. But uh, that said, it is certainly the direction. What we are talking about now or what we are thinking now is that we shall integrate some machine learning, some AI in our demand mapping and forecasting. But given the complexity and the you know, dynamic nature of our mm -hmm. portfolio, it may still take some time for us. 
and from that perspective what are the steps do you think we should take you know in that direction be it digitization like you clearly mentioned in terms of visibility providing the dashboard or also in terms of demand planning what are the steps that we need to take as an industry or as an organization to be ready for that uh, from a ai standpoint ai and even digital adoption right i mean if, if that was i'm just trying to combine the first two teams for you so the steps you see i'll i'll, I'll give you my uh, perspective sure. right uh if you look at we we need to be solving for something sure we need to be solving for a risk or we need to be solving for a gap or we need to be solving to create value right so in 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 that context and i'm i'm migrating to risk quickly because uh, in the pandemic environment you see a lot of risk in supply mm-hmm. chain everybody sees that every industry is seeing that now i'll give you our example right there is this huge challenge of sudden drops in our traditionally high selling skus due to ad- abrupt changes in procedure numbers or uh, patient availability simultaneously the demand of erstwhile low selling skus have suddenly surged mm-hmm. our business models involve many things but they also involve consignments of relatively low expiry horizon high cog products mm-hmm. therefore we had to mitigate this at a big hospital level from a risk, expiry risk standpoint yeah the second thing that we had to solve for is that shipment costs have suddenly gone up 4 5x mm-hmm. freight availability is at a all time high uncertainty you can see these disruptions are multifarious and they often have a combination effect it is not you know i mean one combined with the other suddenly has a multiplier effect so what have we done we have adopted a war room demand supply model right so we have very clearly uh, this would have not been possible without the power of everybody looking at the same data at the same time so that is where our uh, you know i mean everybody has sap but we have translated the sap data to very meaningful business useful sales rep useful sales manager useful uh, demand planner useful dashboard mm-hmm. uh, at the very onset of covid our global ceo had unambiguously asked the entire organization to protect its supply that's one that was one of our call to action in crisis okay management. we used this call to action as our go to principle we used it to the fullest firstly we focused on inventory demand back order data visualization to put everybody on the same page in spite of being a very diverse portfolio uh, with regard to geographies and products secondly we very aggressively socialized these dashboards during management meeting so fast mm-hmm. track convert conversion of this abrupt demand was made into an agile manufacturing scale up in doing all of these as they say we built we kind of built the plane plane as you flew it we built our digital capabilities and processes as we solved these challenges we did not have the time to really plan and think and build it over mm. a long period of time but uh, we have we have kind of done and and manage this huge portfolio shift and demand surge sir 
and one of the things that i also you know recall you just briefly touching about the risk part right risk element so we all know that risk are increasing in the supply chain domain and with disruptions uh, happening on the supply and the demand side probir how do you think digitization can address some of those risks and yet build resilience in the company i did tell you that you know i mean we did it through creating very simple three things we used the ceo's call to action okay. for protecting supply chain that was a fundamental covid crisis management strategic pillar mm-hmm. so everybody was doing all across the company we were protecting our associates we were protecting our supply chains and doing a few other things but there was a lot of commonality all of us were looking at doing the same three or four thing number 2 I talked about the power of visualization. Got it. You know, complex SAP models, you know, you're not looking at 30-page reports anymore. You're looking at a single screen dashboard and everybody knows where the problem is. Hmm. What is yellow, what is red, what is green? Um so we did that. And then I talked about this whole war room principle, right? We we true, true. I, I mean later I can explain how we have enacted the war room but uh, we we have really got into a war room and gotten involved gotten everybody involved you know the global business units the global plants the global demand planners the global sourcing leaders sometimes even our supply vendors mm-hmm. we have gotten on the same table and we have talked about this huge surge of requirement you know we have had to go and tell things which we have never sold in asia pacific or never sold mm. much in asia pacific like mm. things like you know plasma therapy equipment or mm. we have sold things like ecmo uh, we have sold things uh, you know multiple folds of syringe pumps infusion pumps but the whole idea was that you know i mean falling back on the mission uh, the corporate mission of you know contributing to society through healthcare never has healthcare been a global challenge as big yeah so it's getting people on the same table with the same input output hmm. that that really manages risk yeah and in terms of let's say the visibility part like you correctly mentioned right so being dashboarding there've been throughput and even from a call to action right overall how the global ceo and a tapak level you're driving uh, i just had a question that you know when i look at overall healthcare industry right especially supply chain we still struggle with the visibility of actual consumption by customers right so the question for you would be how important is the visibility part for you and how is thermo addressing this right is it a change management issue more that you have to actually get the data information from the end customers more than a technology issue which what would you attribute what are your takes on that quite frankly you know i personally think it is more of a change management okay because unlike consumer product companies medtech companies have traditionally focused on such levers as feature pushing or uh, key opinion leader management or sales channel but it is changing albeit gradually but it is changing i'll give you again you know i'm i'm not representing the entire industry i can talk about what we are doing i mean personally today personally every single month for every single business unit for every single country under my remit 
I personally review delta between primary and in-market sales. Mm. It requires a lot of discipline. It requires a lot of uh, getting into microscopic details. Mm. But I do it personally. Now, with better account level visualization with, uh, you know, SFTC, Salesforce.com or other tools, we are also building, actually, we are now also building a distributor portal. Mm for integrated demand plan hmm. and i believe that these will make uh, ours a, a lot more capable in the next 18 to 24 months once that data is accessible what we will do is we will hold front facing organization accountable for in market sales channel managers accountable for primary sales and we will incentivize this change management very aggressively yeah. And which means you're still attributing more from a change, right, versus technology because what we've been, you know, made aware most of the time is there are a lot of technological solutions that people are trying to deliver to the market. But you're saying fundamentally it is more of a change management, right? So that's the conclusion we're drawing. Yes. So, you know, I mean, we, we, we could, quite frankly speaking, this entire supply chain dashboard of what is available, when it is available, etc. Or what is the OTIF score or tracking it down to uh, an account level. Hmm. All that is technology driven, no doubt, or, or tracking consignments through through a handheld barcode reader or mobile phone. All that is technology driven, but that technology exists, True. you know. I mean, True. it's nothing that we have to uh, innovate for. It's already existing. Tools also exist. Where the change comes is that whole orientation of what am I, what am I responsible for? Am I responsible for in-market consumption or am I responsible for uh, billing at the end of the month? Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the change management that one is driving at this point in time. Got it. And if you could maybe also touch upon the aspects of supplier management, right? The supplier management and collaboration. From your perspective, probably is there a progress with digital investments or is it still a pain area, right? I mean, when we talk about supply management, the hard yards, right? In terms of the communication, in terms of the performance management and collaboration back and forth, you know, do you, do you believe that in terms of digitization investment, you've seen a lot of progress or is it still a tough sell, you know, at a decision-making level, you know, especially on uh, making end investment of the supplier? And what, what's your take on that? It's a very complex situation for us, especially because we are okay. not a single product or a single uh, therapy area company. Yeah, so Teramo has a very diverse product portfolio: it, cardiovascular, hospital supplies, blood and cell okay. technology that sources from over thirty manufacturing locations across both equipment and disposable. So it's as complex a supply chain as you can imagine in healthcare. Hmm. We work through a network of legacy and acquired company uh, supply network. So it's a very, very complex supply chain. Of course, there are challenges, but we are a hundred year old company that has deep knowledge of and credibility within this supply network, hmm. right? We are making definite progress with digitization. These are, there are large projects and investments ongoing within the company to scale these up at a supplier integration standpoint. Hmm. But uh, at our scale, it, it will never get done in a day. It will never get done, period. You know, it, it's it's a shifting goalpost. 
and we yeah. will have to continuously score every day. I doubt there would be a day when we would say, well, I have integrated all my suppliers on a certain digital uh, portal and I'm done with it. It's it's shifting every day. By that time, God knows how many new businesses. Hmm. No, understood. And, you know, the other aspects, right, in terms of the critical and the non-critical aspects, wherein, you know, people, especially on the cost aspect, uh, tend to lean towards outsourcing their back-end operations. Is it also part of the overall strategy or also a digital strategy as work from home has proved that it is possible to manage operations remotely, right? So, you know, especially in the last two to three years, two years maybe, that, uh, you know, working from home has been uh, made a reality. Obviously, there are challenges we all know, but we're still moving on with work from home, right? Majority of the organization. So, from that perspective, do you see now, with that happening more, outsourcing backend operation would be a reality? What's your take on that? So, in my opinion, outsourcing back-end operation is a business model. It's not necessarily a digital strategy. It's a business model strategy. Sure, sure. Uh, it, it's 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 an efficiency play, hmm. right? Uh, but it is also a trade-off of what do you gain and what do you lose. So hmm. that that it's it's not it's not a simple math. Sure. Uh, of course, without digitization or some level of digitization, remote models will not even work. Uh, but that's fundamental. Hmm. Uh, at Teremo Asia Pacific, we have a very hybrid model which combines owned supply chain uh, with uh, an outsource 3PL, 4PL network and even yeah. some remote locationing. On remote locationing, we are making very aggressive, rapid progress. For some quick examples, our consignment operations in Australia has for some time been supported remotely from India. It's a complex operation. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, recently, we moved some of our invoicing tasks uh, from a Singapore regional office uh, to India. Mm-hmm. We are also uh, starting to support some of our US supply chain work from India. Now, okay. we are doing this to test waters. We are acquiring that requisite muscle. We have not yet made the decision of whether it would be insourced remote or outsourced whatever. That decision has to be made, but we are building those requisite muscles and insights. Eventually, global supply chain, business service centers are a part of our envisioned future. There is no doubt. GBS is a part of our envisioned future. But uh, through what model, whether it would be our own or it would be outsourced, whether it would be a combination of in-market and and remote location, that uh, map is getting drawn as we speak. Now, makes sense. And and the reason why I kind of touched upon the outsourcing part, also in the overall, whenever it comes to a, a, a cost-driven strategy, outsourcing always leads the discussion, right? So, and maybe we're also trying to see if there is, like you correctly mentioned, that it could be a uh, you know hybrid model, you know, that would, uh, you know, suit Teremon, maybe a lot of other organizations as well. So, in fact, the the thing that I wanted to underscore here is that I be, I, I don't believe that these should entirely be just cost driven. Hmm. I mean, you can take cost out of the system, but beyond a certain point, uh, the discussion migrates to how, how much value are we building? You know, sure. not not cost, but um, primary driver. Because, you know, anybody who has migrated to a GBS purely on the merit of cost has really lost confidence. So, we, we are in a life-saving business. And uh, 
there has to be a certain quality and there has to be a certain agility and there has to be a certain value that we take to market uh, once that value is protected should we think about what is outsourced what is insourced but predominantly it would be value driven and not just purely cost driven no well, and and it's great because you touched upon a very critical aspect you know because there's always a popular perception that outsourcing is only related to cost but maybe that could be a key driver while protecting the customer satisfaction while protecting agility right or the speed with which you execute i think uh, in times to come maybe outsourcing could also lead or pave the way for some more innovation on some of these right as well beyond cost so uh, understood and 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 this is this is very uh, critical especially coming from you probe because you know there are many organizations even today they are grappling with the decision of how to make outsourcing work right so it's important to understand your perspective on that we are outsourcing we should be outsourcing for not just cost it should be cost and skill that you are outsourcing for sure absolutely and uh, you know and and obviously right then the location planning of the outsourcing area would also be based on the availability of skill sets you know and, and how they can lead some of the change if not follow so uh yeah i think it is these are critical aspects geopolitical shift many elements sure so uh probeer uh you know first of all i'd like to thank you again for providing your time insights and clarity of uh what has changed in the market what one should do to be ready for the future i'm sure our listeners will find this discussions very insightful too and thank you everybody for listening in and if you have any questions on this subject or have any suggestions for future topics please do write to us at thinknext@nextgen.com and thank you probeer once again Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for having me for the lovely conversation. Thanks Kai. Thank you.